Good evening and welcome to This Strange Life. I'm uh, Mickey, the conduit between the mother-humping freaks and the geeks. And good morning if you're in another time zone. This is uh, Willie, the uh, freshly shaved Delius today. <laughs> you are looking pretty Whoa. sexy, that man. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth, man. Yeah. We haven't got a new razor sponsor that... I don't know you about... Know, you know, I went to the to the Thai barbershop, and the guy took about 40 minutes to, to shave me down to this level. Like, he, he used, like, four different tools, and... Bless and, him. You know, Bless him. it was a lot of work to but look this good. you still got some designer stubble there, so how... Yeah, I asked for a number one. Right. You okay. know, and this so, is what so I came up with. So you didn't get the, the old cutthroat out on you? Yeah. He I, did? Oh, he yeah, did. yeah, yeah. He did. Down here. That's why I got, like, a bunch of burns. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm Jimmy. A.K.A. Ryan Breadbin. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, and our guest today is, uh, yeah, it's another big one for me, guys, to be honest. Uh, it's William Ramsey, uh, author, um, super cool dude, uh, investigator, uh, I mean, many more. W- William, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who's William Ramsey? Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on your show. I, am, I was a, a licensed attorney in California. I still am inactive. I'm still a member of the state bar, but I was always reading. I was like one of those people who went to college but would read more outside of the curriculum than in. And so I, you know, I just was always reading. And there were times when, you know, I kind of dispensed any credibility or legitimacy for the American media a long time ago, 20 years ago. So I was always angry and irritated Kudos. over the fact that certain stories were not covered. Could, could I stop you proper. real quick? What, yeah. what, what was the moment, like, kind of that, that when did that oh. really kind of kernelize for you? When, when did that come to I be? I don't think it was something that happened immediately. But, you know, in my 20s, I talked to people who were probably the old school conspiracy theorists, people who, like, questioned the John F. Kennedy assassination and things like that. And, you know, it was a slow progress. But at a certain point, probably when I was in law school, I was like, this is a joke. When I was in law school, I, I interned for a guy who worked for the Vince, on the Vince Foster murder. And the, the cover story, or the story that's been going on for years, is that he committed left the White House and committed suicide in Fort Marcy Park. And I was in D.C. at the time. I was actually in Northern Virginia, where I lived for three years. And uh, that whole story was just, just a, a preposterous fraud. And that, you know, that was another thing. Like The media is not doing its job. It's not actually... Right. A lot of those people are really stenographers for the people in political power, and they're all getting paid. I think that, the, and you can see from the um, the Podesta emails that were leaked by WikiLeaks that Hillary Clinton was paying, literally had a bunch of these people on the payroll, so they're dishonest. Yep. And so, you know, I think that that was, uh, that was in the mid-90s, and that was really it. And so that I was always, I kind of, you know, I watch TV to see what lies they're promoting. I don't trust anything on the political, on those spectrum. That kind of yes. reality window for me is just a... Uh, it's really a, a very narrow tube, and I, I pity people who are stuck in that. I don't even know how these guys get ratings. I don't know how CNN has uh, gets money or advertisers to pay for Old it. People. I don't know anybody is stupid enough to listen to that. Anyway, <laughs> that's a long story. Anyway, so that it was. Uh, <laughs> I was log- listening to all that stuff, and then the nine eleven happened, and there was a whole other. So I probably I did a lot of research into the events that happened in. Oklahoma City bombing. There's a lot more to that story. Ooh. So I was always kind of researching. I was never a public figure, but 9-11 and during the research of 9-11 there was people who were talking, you know, there's some kind of deeper thing here. There was one guy who's passed away. His name was Colonel May. So I, I put, you know, I listened to him and he noticed all this numerology really just 11s. And so I said, well, th- is this numerology have meaning? 
why is September 11th important? Why are the Twin Towers symbolic? Why, what's going on? Why is this date? You know, it's an important date. And that was really sent me down the rabbit hole, leading me back to Crowley, 93, 77, 11, 175 are all cold numbers. 93 is really a Crowley's number, which yeah. represents in the Kabbalah, Thelema, and Agape, two central themes. Uh, Crowley followers are known as Thelemites among themselves. Thelemites, yeah. Do what thou will. So that was really what was the the, the seeds of my first book, Prophet of Evil, Alistair Crowley, 9-11, and New World Order. The reason I had that title is because I think most people would not put those things together um crowley 9-11 new world order but crowley really was kind of a new age or new world order occultist people don't think he was a satanist they don't know anything about crowley if they state that he said he wanted to be satan's chief of staff so that was really i kind of was uh that was really a biography of crowley that i think was contradictory to the popular uh analysis of crowley and and, and uh, you know i tied crowley to the events of 9-11 this kind of aristocratic revolution which was represented by those events magical numbers this kind of black magic type stuff so that was my first book my interest in crowley continued and then i came across the west memphis three case which the public said these guys were railroaded it was a witch hunt they were put in jail for wearing black which were all little petty um superficial pr phrases that stupid people would adhere to so i actually read the court cases which are available on callahan 8k which is a website that compiled all the court cases and i just put on my legal hat and read it things that these guys are not only were they the best suspects to find convicted they were heavy heavily dude heavily involved in the occult and damien eccles himself um you know was in the, on the court case they were referencing out Crowley, they had a copy of Magic and Theory and Practice yeah. on the case, the prosecutor. So that was an interesting case. So then, well, well, well Eccles is is uh, you know he's obviously since been released, and he, he had a massive amount of support, didn't he, from from the likes of, uh, of Johnny Depp and and all these Correct. guys. I mean, all Margaret Cho, all of these kind, all these kind of uh, Hollywood types came out. Eddie Vedder is writing a book with him that's going to be published on yeah. all dates. Uh, it'll be Hollywood. It'll be Halloween. They're called High Magic, and Damien Eccles is out there practicing magic. So, he has a massive black sun tattoo on his back. I mean, it's off the charts. Yeah, yeah. He said himself. He said himself, "I was prosecuted for my love of the knowledge of Aleister Crowley." Yeah, which is a fascinating admission for a lot of reasons because it wasn't prosecuted. I mean, he does. It's it's. Uh, he ties himself. He's he's a known member of the OTO, which nobody really really figured out. And I've done a show on the Ed Opperman about that, where the OTO references him as a member in Arkansas. So there's all well, kinds well, of research just, that they haven't done. Just for our listeners, uh, William, what, what's the OTO? The Ordo Templi Orientis. It's actually a German secret society that was yeah. founded in the late 19th century. <coughs> and Crowley became its head in 1925. What's yeah. their uh, mission? After some of the founding members died, there were two guys, Kellner and Royce. What are they trying to accomplish? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think it the or the reason it has its title the OTO which is also an ideogram for male male phallus but they they tried to go back and claim the um the, to be to reference themselves back to the order of templars you know this kind of group that was disbanded oh. or destroyed in France and they 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 considered themselves there's really no personal connections they just claimed an ideology ideological connection and they do they did a lot of stuff that was kind of coming to the front of european occult societies like the golden dawn which crowley was a member they mm -hmm. were doing magical practices it was Jeez. a secret society 
Yeah. And actually, it's an interesting thing right, why Crowley became a, me- became a member before he became head of it was one of the members of the OTO came to him and said, you're stealing our material. And they both come to the same realization of, and associated with ritual magic, which is involved in making sex magic. So that's the OTO. Yeah. But I- um, and that was that one book. Let me just finish one. My, my recent book is Children of the Beast, which traces Crowley's influence on the 20th century. And then I just did yes. a movie. Oh, the smiley face killers. Yeah, no, I, I love We're gonna your, get, get yeah, into that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just to make this a standalone uh, podcast, William, uh, the, can you just tell us a bit about the West Memphis uh, West Memphis three three murders? Because because that was a brutal brutal murder. Oh, can, can you just gosh, a, right. a, outline to our guests exactly what happened and what what the May fifth, nineteen ninety three, three young boys, all eight years old, disappeared. And they went out for a bike ride. They were playing in the streets of a city called West Memphis, which is across the Mississippi River from Memphis, Tennessee. So it's it's a suburb, uh, middle lower middle class uh, environment. Kids went missing. The parents freaked out. They wanted to know where the kids are. They were found the next day, submerged in kind of a creek, a small ravine filled with water. But they were bound in a very strange way. They were tied from their wrists to their ankles. And one of the young men had his penis uh, removed. And so it was a very brutal murder. It found, they found out later during the autopsy that two of the boys were drowned in the water. They were tied and drowned. Yeah. So a particularly vicious crime. Yeah. And, 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 and this was right around the sort of satanic panic uh, time. That's in, what they in, said. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's a loaded term. Um, yeah, I, I, I know. I know. But, but that... It, that's what freaked people out, and that, and that's what led people to these kind of quick uh, decisions and these well, wrong Well, you could right? say that. You could say that. I think that there was a, actually, if you look at the kind of court cases and look at the records, people knew there was very sketchy things happening in West Memphis in 1993. They were aware of it. There were people researching it. Um, there was probably a cult. The police, when they interviewed people, they were making lists of people who were possible members of like a, a magical fraternity like a group and when those bodies were found you know they kind of focused on somebody they knew who was capable of it who had been in a mental institution three times not just in arkansas but once in oregon damien Eccles, whose real name is michael hutchison he changed his name um so you know they focused on him they interviewed him he failed the lie detector test he told the police let me talk to my mom and i'll tell you everything you want me to know so he talked to his mom and then he clammed up so they didn't really have that much evidence about the de- the murders until, you know, they always, always had a suspicion of Eccles. He was interviewed by the police, and those interviews are available online. They're available in my book where he said, who did it, Satanist? It was his answer. He said they probably did it, you know, to hear the boy, keep the boys from screaming. There's all kinds of references to these deaths, but uh, it was about a month later on June 3rd when they brought in another guy, Jesse Miss Kelly, and he confessed and implicated uh, both Damien Eccles and his friend Jason Baldwin at the time, and that's that led to uh, Miss Kelly's arrest, the arrest of Damien Eccles, Jason Baldwin. They were tried separately. There's a Supreme Court case. There's a couple of Supreme Court cases that are involved in this this case. One is the Alfred plea. There's another one that prohibits um, people who are who make a statement about another from being tried together at the same trial. So they bifurcated the trial, two different juries. Miss Kelly was tried alone. Baldwin and Eccles were tried together. 24 people found them guilty. Eccles was sentenced to death. The other three, I think, the other two, life in prison. And then there was an HBO 
series that really brought attention to the case. There were three Paradise Lost. It was yeah. You know, HBO was really out there, and people actually actually provide give it credibility. But it's a very Hollywoodized version of events. The first one, you know, at the end, Eccles calls himself the West Memphis Three Boogeyman. But then at the second and the third, they start laying the blame on these stepfathers. And I think people, the public, you know, the slow-brained public actually thought these that these documentaries were honest, which, in my opinion, they're clearly not. And that's really what started this groundswell of support among the American public that these guys were, and it's still actually going on to this day, that these guys were railroad, which on all these terms are bandied about, satanic yeah. panic, blah, 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 <laughs> instead of actually looking at the actual facts of the case. But they, um, it started a groundswell, and then it started involving celebrities, all these other people, and they actually raised, they're not unsure of the total number, but 10 to $20 million, which allowed them to obtain the best attorneys and PR people out there. There's this one guy, Lonnie Sowry from New York. Their attorney's name was uh, Reardon from uh, California, a great appellate attorney. I mean, these guys were, they got out the A-team, and in, in August 2011, they basically what they did is claim they did their own DNA test. They claimed all this stuff. And really, there was a court case that said that in Arkansas that if DNA, let's see, if DNA wasn't tested in older cases, that could bring up and look at, look at those old cases again. And so they kind of used that as a lever. And the old judge left, the prosecutor left, and these new guys basically allowed a plea deal, an Alford plea, not Alfred, but Alford plea based upon North Carolina versus Alford, which allows you to publicly say you're innocent while pleading guilty on a piece of paper. So they all pled, pled guilty. They wrote it down on a piece of paper, and they were, they're were they under probation currently guilty. But now there's still kind of this group of people who say they're innocent without really proffering many facts, but mm. there's a no guy out right now who's trying to claim they're innocent. His name's Bob Rupp. The podcast is Truth and Justice, and yeah. he's just going through this long, drawn-out, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard you speak about that on 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 the oh, Opperman yeah, report. So, yeah. So, so, right, so what's so, your stance, William? Where, where, where do you? Oh, they're where still do you guilty. Say? They still did it, and they're the right suspects. And right. they've all admit, admitted doing it. You know, they've yeah. all, in one way or another, just, and the other, they're really the telling part of the case. Whether the the court trials were biased or ineffective, or the jury's got information from other things. The reality is that Jesse Miskelly was convicted and then confessed again and again and again, recorded confessions in front of his attorney saying he did it. His attorney says, you know, it's not good for you. It's just going to bust up your appeal. No, I want to confess. So he keeps saying that, and you can listen to those online. They're all there. Um, so the evidence, and they've, they've claimed all this kind of uh, deceptive statements. We're going to look for the real, you know, the real, you know, murderers out there, Jason Baldwin and Damian Nichols, but they haven't really come up with anybody uh, they keep trying to blame the, the stepfather, Terry Hobbs, by saying that his hair was found there, but that was never tested in the court of law. It's pure PR. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I think that's really the, the main problem with the public of America. They can't really tell actual literal facts of things that happened in time and space between that. And do you PR, think so. Americans ever have been able to, or do you think it's worse no, now? No, probably not. I think it's gotten Seems worse. worse I think now. the advent, yeah. I think the advent of PR, going back to Bernays, yeah. Uh, the the willful oh, <laughs> manipulation of the mind through yeah, yeah. media is really gotten worse and worse and worse and more effective. Yeah, they're just the point they're super it, sophisticated at doing it now. Yeah. yeah, I mean the guy that they hired, Lonnie Sori, is legit. I mean the guy is 
Very sharp. And they, I mean, you know, it's very brazen because I think through their PRP, and I don't have evidence, I've never talked to the, the PR people, but I think that they really are encouraging people, even if they've been found guilty, to actually go out on PR tours and, and go out in the public to make them look like they'd be innocent, you know? And it's a very similar to, uh, what was that Italian case of that girl? The same thing that she was in. Oh, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda Knox. Knox. Amanda, Amanda Knox, Knox right? Yeah. So she's going on PR. She's going on these TV shows. She's got a Netflix documentary. Yeah, Netflix. And, and you know, she, she, at the very beginning, if you look at the court case, she was involved in deception. She actually blamed the black guy, this Lumumba character, her boss at a bar. And he actually went to jail for a week based upon her implication of him. So... You know, there's definitely at the, at the beginning of that case, too, there's a real problem. So I think that this PR thing is really, a, a, and I wrote a, a section in my book, Abomination, titled The Court of Public Opinion, because it's really important that people realize they're being PR'd, because I don't think they realize that in this case at all, in the West Memphis Street case. Yeah, it's interesting. The Court of a Public Opinion, like, if that weighs in first... How do you come back from that? You know, like, like, uh, yeah, but, but, but the jury aren't supposed to be allowed to hear any of that stuff, though, are they? That's well, that's an ex those are excellent points. There's, there, I think, a real problem, too, in these cases. And you see this kind of um, environment, this kind of, uh, this new, really a business that goes back to the Adnan Syed case where Ooh, these public people cereal can go shot. back. Cereal, right. Great, great, great stuff, yeah. Well, he, that dude is another guy that they, they got the right suspect, right? Yeah. I don't think that they're like, oh, they, they parsed through it. But this was a distortion of, and there was another one, Making of a Murder. Yeah. That's another yeah. distortion. Did you watch the recent Netflix one, uh, Evil Genius? Have you heard of that yet? Uh, yes, About I've the, heard of it, but I haven't watched it. The story it. with a collar bomb in 2003 in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing about Making a Murder, yeah. Adnan Science Serial, yeah. this whole thing of truth and justice is that they are they are glossing over all of the, the things a court of law uses to ascertain the truth. These kind of evidentiary hearings, these evidentiary rules, what's going to go in, how's the jury going to see this? These are steps that have built up in the common law for hundreds of years. Right. And but if you're, if you're not a lawyer, it's hard to appreciate the value that that has. I, well, like I would agree with that, 100%. Yeah. But they, they should. I mean, it's kind of like some of these people think that you can ascertain the truth of a case by going to McDonald's, Sitting down on a piece, of, you know, a, uh, a chair and getting a Big Mac and just figuring out we got it right, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like we we beat the jury. The jury didn't, you know. What, so, what, what do you think, think about that's... about like journalism that has like they're they've reached a conclusion and they work backwards with evidence to try well, to to try to prove that conclusion? Well, that's cognitive, an yeah, cognitive bias. That's right? I mean, the, the Bob Ruff has been caught. Yeah. With this, you know, stating that he wanted exoneration, he's he's written that out. A long time ago, and he's proffered, he's put forward all these PR narratives that uh, are conflated with the actual facts of the case, and and he publicly states, "Well, we haven't come to a conclusion yet." So, yeah, and all of his earlier cases are, are moving towards exoneration. So, I think that he's actually going to try to get these guys who are duly convicted and who actually signed. They signed in 2011, August 2011, with the best attorneys, still said they were guilty. So. It's that's almost going to be impossible to overcome in yeah. any court, any other court of law. So, so, so let's bring this right back uh, up to date then, uh, back to 2018. And uh, 
your your documentary, William, on the Smiley Face Killers, and there's still a little bit of this going on, isn't there? This little bit of absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, people don't want to accept the the facts, do they? Before uh, before we go too deep in that, can we get like a one minute catch up on exactly what the Smiley yeah. Face Killers yeah, are? Yeah, William, c- can you do that for so, us? Absolutely. So, what the Smiley Face Killers references are a series of cases involving young men who disappear and are found in water, and it goes back probably twenty twenty five years, actually twenty years to cases that were discovered by two policemen in New York, two guys. Uh, Jeff Gannon and Duarte, I can't remember his first name, and they started working with another professor by the name of Gilbertson who was from Minnesota and who noticed these cases. They were centered around big cities or college towns that these cases were happening where young men would disappear. And the book they wrote, which is really the seminal book on the cases, is called Case Studies in Forensic Drowning. So they took a very scientific approach. They noticed that some of these men the times of when their body was found means that they were still alive when they were met before their bodies were found. Like there was a time that they had to be alive and were kept somewhere. Um, they also noticed a lot of them had GHB in their bodies, which is a Dead, substance right. that's yeah. endogenous. Yeah, exactly. Rufio. It's endogenous to the human body, but at high, at high doses um, can inc- incapacitate you. and You forget everything. So some of these yeah. people have that. So that's really the, the part. They have 14 cases in, in that book. And then people have kind yeah. of still studied it. And I, um, I got interested in the case because of my, when I was researching children of the beast about Alistair Crowley, a lot of these people had the smiley face. You see Alan Moore uses the smiley face in, yeah. um, his book, the Watchmen. Well, 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 me and my brother here, uh, Jimmy, we're, we're, we're uh, old acid house kids, uh, brave kids yes. from the UK. Right. Uh, we love dance music. And so I used to wear the old smiley face badge and, you know, people right. used to put it up at the Acid House concerts and stuff. So, the, right. it, it, it was it was strange to me actually to to see that this this series of murders tagged onto that uh, already kind of iconic symbol that we knew about. Yeah, Jimmy, it's interesting because right? it was found in some of these cases. So it's really Gannon and Gilbertson and Duarte who noticed this correlation. To yeah, this, but, the but, smiley face. There but, was some like there was one case guy out of Michigan where there was a smiley face left at his gravestone two years after he died. So. Yeah. All kinds of really sketchy, suspicious, usually made into spray paint. But that yeah. was really how I got interested. And probably the first case that I um, really tracked was a guy by the name of Joey Labute. That was early 2016 in Columbus, Ohio. And when he disappeared, I was following that case. And I said, if that guy fall, if that guy shows up in water, I'm going to fall out of my chair. <laughs> and sure enough, about 18 days later, later he showed up in the Skiota River. Oh, and man. The police, yeah, so the police there... I've never said that he, uh, it's interesting because it's one of the few cases where they don't come to a conclusion, right? They just openly stated, we don't know how he got in the water. And during the weekend he disappeared, there was the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, which is a body lifting yeah. um, competition that happened there. So there GHB, were kind of sketchy. right? That, I mean, that, that's tied heavily <laughs> yeah, to bodybuilders. Yeah, Labute was on, this is actually a common element to a lot of these cases. These guys are on their phones and there was a like a weird text that he sent before he disappeared. His car was free on found where he left it. But that was really how I started researching the cases. And so and w- w- there's William, a lot of cases. That, yeah. w- William, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, but for our listeners as well who might be from the UK or, or from Australia, it's not just the US, is it? We, we've got no. the Manchester Canals, the Liverpool Canals. Right. We've got the Pusher in inverted commas. We've got Australia in the harbour there. So this really yeah, does no. span across the globe, right? This could be yes, an international a, ring of, exactly. of murderers. That's a great point. 
and there's some in Amsterdam. There was one in Poland recently. Yeah. There was one in Hamburg, a guy from uh, the UK. I forgot what his Any name was. Any on the West Coast? Yeah, so there's like there's a lot in Portland, believe it or not. Huh. Some in Seattle, Vancouver. I could not include all the cases in my documentary. My documentary is three and a half hours. It's very way too long, but I literally could have made another three and a half an hour huh. documentary. But there's cases all over the place. There's a case here on the West Coast. They never found his body, but his name was uh, Van Zant, who disappeared. Young guy, younger guy, disappeared out of the harbor at uh, the harbor area of. Hermosa Beach, which is really a strange case. So there's yeah. a lot of cases that. So anyway, that okay, that's okay. really the first case was uh, Joey LeBute. But yeah, and that, then I'm watching these UK. There's a lot of cases in Bristol, um, the you know, yeah. western side of the UK. There anywhere was where there's Lund- water, right? Anywhere where there's a canal system or uh, 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 the Peel Lake. W- yeah, William. Do, do you know of anything in in Thailand in Bangkok? Has, has there been anything? Right. Here? So there was one case that I covered from November of last year. His name was Andrew Apperley. He was actually from northern, like the uh, Bristol area of the UK. Yeah. But he disappeared on Kofangan Island. Kopenyang. Kopangan. Yeah. 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 So he, I mean, this and it fit all the same aspects of these type of cases. The guy got drugged. He was sending strange texts to his friends. And in in fairness, that's him. where they do the full moon party, the world famous I, full moon party. I remember the that guy's the moon case. Aspects, there's actually correlation between some of these cases yeah. and the full moon. So there's definitely dates that run hot, um, Halloween type air. Uh, New uh, Year's. I saw the Halloween is yeah. Yeah, so, so there's a lot. But this guy Andrew Apperley, Apperley was a remarkable. I'm going to look into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. he piqued me. So, so what's I mean, what, what's your theory or yeah. one of your theories? Yeah, what are I mean, the provisions? Well, it's very complex. It's it's global. You know, it's a. I mean, they're basically. I came to the conclusion they're mostly. They're not money. Nobody gets their, you know, ATM raided. So there's no monetary incentive. So why are these people being abducted? And I came to the conclusion they're largely homosexual type crimes but with an occult kind of overlay but there's still i mean there's there was recently a, a discovery id show that talked about the smiley face killers there's another one on a on a podcast i was talking to conspiracy normal where the investigators say oh well you got 35 or 40 cases and i was like whoa <laughs> you're way too low you're we're at least over 150 or 200 so i think really one of the problems of people coming to an analysis in, in, in these cases, they just need to look at all the facts. I didn't have all the facts. I actually worked with the great researcher, a guy by the name of Jim Smith, who was the chief researcher of the film. And so he was on Conspiracy Normal with me talking to him about it. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's a huge issue. And, and there's all kinds of reasons why they're not covering it up. I talked to an ex-FBI agent, D'Souza, on my YouTube channel. And he said there's a lot of things involved. There's a, There's very meaningful reasons why they're not investigating these cases. They really don't want to, I think the authorities don't want to acknowledge that there's a threat for a lot of financial reasons because some of these college towns, uh, I mean, a lot of these guys are college students. A guy who just died recently, Dakota James in Pittsburgh was a graduate student, same kind of MO as everything else at night party on, I mean, drinking at bars on his phone disappears, ends up, this was a crazy case because he disappeared. He was ended up, Showing up in the river forty days later after mass. So, what do you yeah. make of that 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 like incubation period of them getting abducted? Well, I come then, to the conclusion well, in the documentary. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry, well, well, William. <laughs> first thing is, so so what? If you don't mind saying, or you might want to po- point 
people to your documentary, but but what's your? Do you have any theories about what's I going on? I have conclusions. It is. I don't oh, think okay. that these deaths are theoretical. I think that they're all part of a larger pattern. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, so, so but do, do, do we think we might be uh, that there might be a group of serial killers? Do you, do you think these? Because they're all very athletic. Uh, very right. handsome, skinny guys. Do, do you think they're, be, they're being kidnapped and and and, and uh, tortured for days, and then, you know, but, but, yeah. yes, that's exactly what I think. But because w- William as well, what, what can you just tell us? What are some of the crazier facts about these cases? Because the the Chris Jenkins is it Chris Jenkins case right. in yes. particular, uh-huh. where they searched the river. They search it a, a, a few times, and then they go back, and then suddenly, th- a few months later, he's found in the water, and yet he, he's the the autopsy says, well, he's only been in the water a few weeks, he's, so he's right. obviously been held somewhere before. What what are the weirder aspects of these cases, William? I would say that's basically the same thing. You know, I think that a lot of those cases, a lot of these cases that have they're in places where they've already been searched. So many. Deacon Wilkins out of Bristol is an incredible case because they brought out the underwater team to look for the body. And I have a video of it in uh, my documentary. And then his body shows up there later. And there's a smiley face down the way where a place where you had to walk. Same thing with Franco Garcia, another college student outside of Boston. They searched the uh, reservoir where he was at. Can't find it. His mom's on there saying, I think he's still alive. My heart tells me he's still alive. And then he shows up back in the reservoir later. So, you know, these guys are very clever people doing it. It's groups and individuals, in my opinion. The same thing, Zach Marr. Tommy Booth is a fascinating case because there's a small, that was one of the Gannon Gilbertson cases is, uh, that was outside of Philadelphia, who in a place search over and over here, his body is found in a very obvious place. The, the research says he's only been dead for two days. His teeth are fractured, and there's a smile, some kind of weird hyper sigil with a smiley face on the back of the bar where he was last seen, close to where his body was found. You know, Jimmy, can, 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 sorry, William. Um, I'm curious, uh, sort of devil's advocate question more than anything here. Is it unusual for uh, the police to have gone out, have searched a, a body of water, um, and then a few days later or X amount of you know, time later, that the body then appears. Uh, well, if, you're, if they're using underground sonar and radar and then the body appears, and if that happens in a pattern over and over again, I've shown in my documentary at least 10 of those events where they've searched and then the body shows up. Another one, a remarkable case, is Shane Montgomery, also out of Philadelphia. He was found in four feet of water where they should have found him right away. Um, there was a massive search. You can see it on the video. And they found his car keys. So they could find his car keys and then not find him. That's crazy. Until weeks later. Yeah, and, and, so, and, and they're often this found. This is a huge uh, pattern. The yeah. police are not seeing it at a global level. They're seeing it. And I think a lot of the researchers only saw it as regional levels. People like Gary J. out of Manchester, who's making a documentary. He's a. He's followed the pusher. Manchester, UK. Another girl, yeah. Yeah. yeah, another girl in Boston. She, uh, her name was Elise Soper. She had a, you know, uh, a decent-sized blog called Cryptid Antiquarian, and then she wrote about the missing men in Boston. And all of a sudden, her readership spiked. And it's a very interesting 
think to read a lot of the posts that are in these Boston cases on cryptid and antiquarian, because there's probably like something crazy, like 2,000 people leaving comments like, oh, this is not, this is not random. This is something yeah. crazy. And, and the thing is, these people have found, uh, I think an important detail with them is that these people have found face up. Uh, and if people some of them are facing up, some of them are in strange places, some of them... Yeah. So what's the significance of face up? But because if you were to drown naturally, the, the natural thing to happen is that your arms are weighed down and, and you're, you, you end up, but your back is, is up in the water and your face yeah, is down. So it's evidence that, yeah, foul One play. One thing I show, and I think I dispel this notion that these guys have accidentally drowned, is that in my documentary, I show many of these victims, in my opinion, victims, walking around on their phone, totally um, out of it, you yeah. know, upright. Franco Garcia, you can see him walking. Same thing about... Wilkins, who I talked about, Zach Mars upright. You know, all these guys are are clearly okay. They're ambulatory. Joe Sorry, Lee, yeah, yeah, James. I was going to say that. So then, how? So like the the this kind of they some people have lumped these cases as drowning victims, but and then they there's 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 actually an FBI which is really shameful of them, but they lump these type of cases into general drowning cases that happen. During you know vacations and stuff like mm. these are unusual cases. A lot of these these are all nighttime deaths. So William, uh, what, what do you think of the way that this is marginalized by like what I would call like mainstream press or mainstream intelligence? Like that they're very quick to poo poo it, right? Yeah. So I think that that's it. These are these are categorized almost to a T as accidental drownings. They're not seen, and I think that that's one of the big perfect crime act elements of these crimes is that the police are not treating the bodies at first blush as murder victims. They say, Oh, you just, we just found them in the water. So almost to a T these guys are like pulled out there. The autopsies aren't made public, you know, a lot of this. And so I think it's a lot easier for the police to just put it up as an accidental drowning or treat than treat these people like murders, yeah. which I believe they are. Um, one of the one of the guys I call victim zero. Or some other people have called him victim zero. Is Patrick McNeil, or one of the earliest victims, nineteen ninety seven, college student, New York City, died in the same place. They found another young man in the same kind of water treatment facility in the south part of the Hudson River. But he um, and they don't know how he got there. They know he left a bar. He was sick. He was either drugged or something too drunk. Um, but one, the remarkable thing about the McNeil case is that later, five or six years later, his parents got the autopsy, and, which wasn't public. And in the autopsy, their son had been tortured with a blowtorch on the upper part of his body. Hey, this is Mickey. Bitcoin W Spectrum, or BWS, is a community-run, eco-friendly proof-of-stake project that rose from the ashes of one Satoshi territory all the way up to 50 sats in no time at all. And when they're looking at this project, it's not hard to see why. One of the biggest highlights we see is the development team. Awesome, committed, and experienced. They took on this project when the previous team abandoned it and rescued it and brought it back to the promised land. A few fundamentals that set BWS apart. Lightning fast payments. You aren't going to be waiting 10 minutes for this like Bitcoin. No, 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 no. 9% POS ROI. This is passive income that you can earn. Uh, plus only 100 million supply. And it, uh, we worked it out to, I think the inflation is about 3 or 4% per year. So even by 2025, there's only going to be 130 million coins in existence. This for a 50 sack coin is, is pretty damn good. 
Additionally, and maybe the most impressive aspect, is that for being such a small project, BDS has managed to be listed on so many great exchanges, CryptoBridge, Stocks Exchange, South Exchange, OctaX, ByteBTC, and more. Go to any of those exchanges to buy some, or go to BitcoinWSpectrum.com and follow them on Twitter at BitcoinWSpectrum. And CryptoFacto, my other channel, did a review of BWS, and it scored super, super high. Super high, 90%. Go check him out, guys. And he had burns all oh in the office, like he was sitting in a chair. And, and they didn't know it him. until... His parents didn't know it. No, it wasn't public knowledge. The police didn't tell him. So there's probably stuff in these autopsies yeah. that aren't public that are damning. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, you know, another example of Dakota James, who died, you know, 40 days. They've got uh, the family hired Cyril Wecht to do an autopsy, you know, Cyril Wecht, kind of a famous, yeah. uh, well, very famous forensic pathologist. But he's going to do an end of, I've never seen the results of that. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's something going so, on. So, it's so, not good. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of repeating um, uh, sort of facts and yes. uh, situations here is that they are young men, they're... they're not fat that you know they're they're quite right, slim they're good look they're almost all yeah. good looking healthy yeah. uh yeah. if you know desire if you're yeah, yeah. If that's what your thing guys. that kind of Look points to yeah. the, the homosexual aspect in the uk yeah there's yeah. a sexual yeah. aspect to yeah. these crimes yeah Alex the, the, Weller, drunk left a gay bar yeah, yeah. disappeared yeah. found in water Same exactly they're the disappearing from bars at night yeah. time that they that's a good suspect they, to catch, though, right? Yeah. To you know, it kind of falls in line with what you're, you know, they yeah, might, the guard might be down. They might be, you yeah, know, it's crazy. Right. So, so, so they disappear from bars at night. They're often kicked out of the bars because they're right. drunk or, or something's exactly. happened Dakota to them. James was actually kicked out of a bar. Jenkins was kicked out of a bar. That's Dalton such a Mad vulnerable. Very interesting. Zach Mar, the case in Boston is interesting. Which I don't know what the police are doing in some of these cases, but when you see two different stories, you should sit up in your chair. Zach Marr told his family and texted them inside this bar they were at, I got kicked out. They won't let me back in. And then the police interviewed the people and the bouncers of the bar, and they said, oh, that's not true. We have proof that we let him back in. Well, why is there that yeah. distinction? Because mm. the fact that he wasn't let back in led directly to his disappearance. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the Chris Jenkins case as well. Apparently right. he was kicked out. He had like a Native American costume on. It was, it was right. Halloween. It was Halloween. Oh. He got kicked out of the bar. The dogs... They got some uh, like murder, some cadaver dogs in. Right, the, bloodhounds. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, there, there was some witnesses said there was a fight outside of this bar, and and then they they followed the the cadaver hounds. Cadaver hounds followed the scent to this car park, like as if he was bundled into the boot of a car, and then they followed it to. I mean, I I think oh, the no, bouncers. I'm glad you brought up that case. I'm glad you brought up that case because that was one of the cases that showed Discovery ID covered. Where they act, mm. the family who hired this, I can't believe I can't believe I remember his last name. They hired a, uh, an independent PR Loesch, L O E S C H, who came to the conclusion he was murdered. But he had hair in his hands, didn't he, William? He had ha he had a He's clump correct. of blonde See, hair in his hands. This is another perfect example, just like the Patrick McNeil, where the family gets the autopsy and somebody goes, "In this picture, why is there hair in his hands?" The police had never disclosed that. So mm. why? You know, so these families all have to get these independent autopsies, yeah. or and, autopsies. And, and and it'd been missing for several months, and yet the autopsy <coughs> said it'd only been in the water for a few weeks. Uh, so so where was that few months? Where was he? 
There's all I know exactly, what you're, but you know that there's tons of deaths right around that downtown area of Minneapolis. There's tons of lost. In the a lot of water around there to gone. drown them in too. Lakes everywhere. Oh, Ten thousand of them. Yeah. I argue that all of these deaths are body dumps that they're already dead. Before. Yeah. Right. And 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 that makes my that that's bone chilling for me to think that they're held somewhere for weeks and tortured or, or yeah. whatever and. And and they're alive for a long time before they're fucking dumped so, in the thing, so, man. It's chilling. And I'm sorry, I, I have not seen the documentary, but I'm super compelled to go do that. Maybe tonight. Who knows? Who knows how late I'll get home? But um, what? Yeah, if you I, the, I can tell you this: you will find a completely different narrative with a bunch of different facts than anything else. Yeah. That people have put out on this subject. So so, so if you were to theorize, like these are happening all over the world, they're happening in all over the states at least as well. It's like westernized but, countries. Yeah, I mean, do you there was a, like never, uh, can you possibly foresee a way that these killers are communicating with each other? Yes. They, okay. Yes. How, I, mean, how, I mean, I would say it's pretty fascinating that these cases are happening with the advent of international travel and the internet itself. So it's like encrypted why, chat or something. Like something. They, yeah. Dark web, absolutely. Somebody's learning this yeah. technique. And they're all I around religious holidays is, as well, like Easter and, and significant. Yeah. Some people were right? dumped on Christmas. I can't remember who was dumped on. There was a couple dumped on Christmas. So a lot of them were dumped on Sunday nights. Probably, huh. you know, like why was Dakota James found on a Monday morning? Is there any compelling fun. evidence at all that this is all just happenstance? Is there anything at all that tells you that this might not be one big ring? That it's one big what? Like I'm saying, like is that like did is there any part of you that could devil's advocate your own belief on this? I just when you see no no, no there right. isn't because and this is the reason why these some of these people are upright and walking around and fine Kelleher Mar. They're not stumbling drunk. Yeah, on the CCTV. Garcia. So, right. yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing in my documentary. I'll give you some of the end stuff. Yeah. There was a serial killer outside of London. His name was Port, P-O-R-T. And he was drugging men. And he, sex when he them. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was having that. sex with them. And he Way would, to ruin the reveal, what, bro. What's up? <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is part of it. This is an important case, though. Yeah, he, he just got called. For a variety yeah. of reasons. They... they um, they, there was one body found outside of his place. He, you know, he gave some story to the police. In they a didn't cemetery, arrest them. Right. right. And so then they, he was taking the bodies to a church cemetery and propping them up and faking suicide notes. So you see this thinking, this uh, intelligence be, behind trying to fool the police. And he did fool the police to fool the police into thinking something else was happening. So he faked one suicide note. But this one woman who was walking her dog, dog found two of the bodies, and the police never keyed in to him as a suspect. He was near living nearby, and um, one of the one of the family. This is crucial to all of these cases. One of the families told the police, "I want to see the CCTV of my brother. I want to see who where he walked." And the police were. I think they 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 denied it, and I think they had to go to court or something to get the CCTV. Well, when the family sees the CCTV of their brother who died. They go, who is this guy walking with my brother? And it was Stephen Port. Stephen it was the serial killer. Yeah. And that's how he got caught. Oh, my gosh. And it was because that's of the families took. of... That's how he got caught. And then the police went through and did an inquest. 
an analysis of all this and said, this guy, I mean, Stephen Poor was drugging people for years. He, he was given we them massive amounts he of, he was giving them massive amounts of GHB and literally raping the, how would he, yeah. put, he would just drop the life drink or something or, and he, and he was uh, on a lot of these gay dating sites, which a lot of these young men were also, Joey LeBute, Dakota James were probably on these gay sites. So, yeah. Uh, Stephen Port is a yeah, perfect, grinder. I think, exemplar of what I think this phenomenon is happening. You, it's just that somebody else out there is doing something different than Port. I don't want to give it away, yeah. but yeah. I mean, <laughs> Port was remarkable. It's a remarkable case. Wow. And I think that the inquest, the final yeah. inquest isn't out or it's out within the next couple, last month or two months from now, where they they went back. I mean, a lot. I think that there were 17 cops who were censured over the port case for bungling. Yeah. You know? but because there's some homophobia here as well, isn't there, William? I think that there's an element of this that they don't want to touch that huh. because of homophobia or just like they're sensitive about these cases for yeah. you know that uh, political correct political yeah. correctness. That's really yeah. interesting. When I first started researching the cases, I didn't understand the homosexual current that was involved in. huh. i didn't understand i didn't and i'm not saying all these cases are but that's why they're all young and healthy you know right i mean generally and there's there's guys like uh this guy apparently 38 and he's older the guy in thailand so you know but they're generally the mean is 24 23 college age so but yeah w william w would you say that that parents sending their kids to colleges and universities that I don't think people need to be fearful, but but the, the, these kids, the, these young men, they need to be schooled at least into how to protect themselves, right? Absolutely. When, when Absolutely. they're going out I drinking mean, it's and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. I've been sent and I've seen the the victims who survived. You know, the guys who said there was the older man came up to me, asked me some questions. You know, it was weird. He wanted to buy me a drink. Blah blah blah. You know, so there there clearly are, and I included my case a guy who got drugged at a bar in Boston and wandered around for two hours. He didn't even know what happened to him. When he went to court, he told the, ju the judge, I'm sorry, I don't even know. Just watch your drink. You know, you don't want to get drugged. So there are guys who have luckily survived in these cases. There's a couple cases in case studies and drowning forensics. And just because you're a man doesn't mean you can't get drunk, uh, right. drugged. Because women are very careful. You can't even, women will watch their drink like a hawk, you know? Right. They, don't, they know that it's out there, but the men don't. Right. We don't know better, you know, but maybe that's a good lesson. Nobody's, nobody's fine. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that shit happens in Thailand as well all the time, that, that, that men will get, uh, unfortunately, not murdered, but they'll get their phone and their money and stuff. It's stolen. robbery, isn't it? Right? That's yeah. The, yeah. yeah so, so, Thailand is rough, man. It's, there's a, that's a rough, there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong in Thailand. Holy smokes. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, for us, because we're all three of us are sat here now in a bar above Soy Thirty Three on Suckenfit, and, and we're all safe. We, you know, we we know our way around the place, Jimmy. You're right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but I, I'll say, like, I and I think it's really tourist areas. You, if you get hammered and you're stumbling around, people have no problem pulling the wallet out of the back of your pocket. Sure. Or if you're yeah. really crazy, you can find yourself in a very pretty that's shady true. situation. That's I, true. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's true of a lot of major yeah. cities with tourist areas you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean think about this if you're going to go down and you you, you know you i want to look for a victim yeah i'm right. going to go somewhere where nobody where this person's an outsider yeah they're gonna, uh, not they, going to remember they don't shit. really know what's happening they don't you know but uh, yeah so that's kind of doesn't, doesn't hearing this and talking about this kind of crystallize how many times you've kind of put yourself in a similar situation at risk i've at been risk. i've been drugged yeah. Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Jeez, oh, where did, that, where yeah. did that happen? Tell us about in, that. In Bangkok. Come on, then. Yeah. Tell the story. Well, uh, there's not really too much to tell because I can't fucking remember <laughs> anything, man. But, uh, no, it's, seriously, uh, where was it? It was, Jesus Christ. In a bar. It, it, yeah. Um, but basically, all I remember is feeling very not myself, uh, waking up. No, not waking up. Just being completely sort of groggy somewhere. And then I was asleep for a full one and a half days. Wow. Wow. Woke up and everything in, had been stolen. Any yeah. inclination on to, as to how it may have happened? Absolutely. Uh, I, there's no way that I would have sort of gone through what I'd gone through if I hadn't have been drugged. But why did you wake up in your house? In who my might have, place. Who might yeah. have done it? Okay. Uh, who might have done it? I don't know. No idea. No idea. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no idea. It's important all, to know where you were. <laughs> I slept through a full day, man. That's oh. wild. wild. Yeah. I don't know how much, you know. So what, what I want to do is try and crystallize for our, for our listeners, uh, William. So this is, th- this is called the Smiley Face Killer. Right, these there's yeah, hundreds but it's like of people. A half misnomer. It's kind of a misnomer. It's just the name that's been attached to this right. kind of phenomenon. Uh, oh, okay, but tell our listeners exactly what's going on. There's hundreds of people worldwide that have been that are young males that have been found in bodies of water, and it's under strange circumstances. And these places have been checked and they've been uh, they've, they've been searched, and yet these people are found there. And and this is wi- there's too many fucking weird coincidences, right, William? For this, for this to be... It's beyond coincidence. Yeah. It's beyond... It's the same MO. I mean, I haven't studied all of the Sydney cases, but, like, Cindy, Sydney, like, there's... I mean, there was one article, like, 80 men have been dumped in Sydney. Whether they're all accidental, I don't know what the totality is. I, I, I don't think the... Man, the Manchester pusher number that's been bandied around is, like, 60 or 80, but that's way too high. I've studied those, but there's at least 10. There was one recently, Casper Blackburn, 10 who are young men, and I covered a lot of them. In my case, Subic Powell, um, I got the information from Gary J that he talked yeah. to his dad. Well, I probably shouldn't say that. Anyway. Phone. Yeah, well, no, I know, you know that's another ask. one. They actually, Subic Powell is a lot like the port cases because they actually have the CCTV video of some stranger walking up to him after he left the bar, and, you know, they, uh, the, the cops didn't figure out who that person was yeah and they're often found upstream out there of, of where upstream, they, of, of where oh, they yeah. disappeared. there's another one i covered you yeah, know i mean another guy arvin sharma who walked into some kind of he was close to an snm bar and his brother said for the record that his brother his other arvin probably saw something he wasn't supposed to disappeared found nine days later up the anacostia river from where he was how yeah. does he end up over so he's disappeared i mean these cases when you look at them all I would recommend you guys sit down and watch the documentary yeah. because all the facts are there. Awesome. We definitely will. Yeah. So can we pop into some more current events, you know, some other stuff course, you've been yeah, digging into? Sure. What other kind of stuff have you been looking into or researching lately here lately? Well, um, what have I? I mean, you know, I've, just, I've kind of – I really would say the general themes are like the occultism, so I was very much into, uh, you know, the um, – uh, the Podesta emails, oh, and oh Pizzagate. Uh, you know, I kind of followed that Pizzagate. The failure to actually investigate that, which 
um, yeah, it, it just disappeared. It just disappeared, didn't it, yeah. in a very strange way? That was covered up. I mean, you know, an Alephantis is... No, nothing you know. strange about the way it disappeared at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, mate, a... you're dealing with a Clinton crime family. You're, you're dealing with, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it predictably went away in the way that it did, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you not think so? A compliant media... You know, a bunch of corrupt politicians and people getting paid off. And the lawyers, you got to remember, the lawyers are corrupt too. There were two yeah. attorneys associated with Pizzagate who were members of the pro, like the local federal pro, I mean, I think it was the federal or state prosecutor. I can't remember their names, but there were two guys in there who were leaving messages on Alephantis's Instagram who were also the overseers of the law. So, of yeah. course. You know, if they're if they're putting the corrupt people into those spots, I mean, we yeah. know that uh, McCabe, who was what number two or number three at the FBI, his wife got a seven hundred thousand dollar, you know, award from the DNC through God, what was it, Macaulay or whatever. So these guys, you yeah. know, there's all this cr- and and James Elephantis, James Elephantis is Ainsley's Enfants, right? <laughs> I love children. You know, well, there's an interesting tie-in between him and these SFK cases because his avatar on Instagram was this young man who was this kind of young gay ideal by the name. He was, uh, he was the lover of Emperor Hadrian. His name was Antinus or Antinus. Yeah. And he was either murdered or accidentally drowned in the Nile river. Some people speculate he was ritually murdered when he was young. Mm. Um, but drowned in the Nile. So, so this is symbolism, people, right? This is symbolism. A symbolism yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah, there's, yeah, I don't want to get it. There's a cult stuff. There's some of these cases, if you watch the documentary. Um, so, so, so what was J- James Elephantis' ex-boyfriend called, the, the gray-haired? Yeah, it was uh, the guy from Media Matters. Yeah, who, who's now been, who's now in jail. I can't, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Is he in jail? Name. I don't know. I, I heard I thought, that. It, I thought he got done for, for something. There's still, he's still posting creepy stuff on his uh, Instagram is my understanding. Oh, man, what's he called? Oh, wow. this day, yeah. What's he called? The, the gray-haired guy who's on the stairs in that photo. Oh, yeah, no, I know. He's sitting and then there's Lady Rothschild with her... Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Fuck, his name is... Uh, come on, William, you can do uh, it. You can remember. You can do it. I went to school. I went to school with or... that guy. He was prob- I probably walked by him when he was at Berkeley back in my day. Uh-huh. George or something like that. Um... Anyway, no, so, no, we're not so, going to remember. So you we? reckon it's not just the media and they're in the like the Clinton's pockets or whoever. It's it's the poli- it's the the judges and everybody is is in on this. David Brock is the name. I think that yeah. there's David Brock stuff yes, that's super you. dirty. Thank well, you know, the reality is that the people in power appoint. They, right. they have incredible appointments throughout the whole legal system of the United States. You know, right? They appoint federal judges. And they're politicized. So, so, so do um, do you subscribe to this um, th- this sort of uh, theme that people are, who are appointed are compromised before they're appointed? Absolutely. So, something, oh well, I don't know how the yeah. totality is compromised. I mean, you can look at Pizzagate as a big blackmail scheme, as you know, people being shipped around, human trafficking. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they just had a report today that fifteen hundred young kids who've come to the United States, they've lost their, you know, uh, lost space with them. Like, where are they? Where did they go? 
So mm. you see all this disorganization. And, and then you've got Laura Silsby yeah. from uh, Haiti. Got, yeah. That's what you know. Dude, there's a tie-in that things go back to Haiti that, you know, people died associated with those things. There was one, Monica Peterson, a totally suspicious death in, in Haiti. They did not want that investigated at all. And they don't want anything associated with Epstein investigated either, um, who was, you know, down in that neck of the woods where, I mean... The tie-ins, some for, of the reports, I mean, it's just, off the charts, dude. Just, just it's literally as, unchartable, and it's, un, I mean, apparently Epstein is, I don't even want to get into it, but well, this hang stuff on, is still hang going on. on. I'll, I'll tell you something about Epstein. Um, I think it's Mike Cernovich who's submitted some sort of a... Uh, because the, the, the files, they could not be opened, right? It, it was by instruction of the court. And now it's, it's Epstein, I think it's the Miami Herald, and a few other, uh, a few other newspapers it, that have submitted, I don't know what the legal term is for this, but for these uh, documents to be made available. Is, is, have you heard yeah, anything but you about know that? that look, be careful with that. Just be careful with that, because Cernovich is po- positioning himself as a white knight, but he, some of the stuff that would be released are the names of the accusers of Epstein, which were sealed. And that would, so I would take a quick, I would take a very serious look back at his intent and who he's on the, um, whose side he is on because Mm. he is pals with Dershowitz. There's pictures of him with Alan Dershowitz, who is still, who Mm. is now, I believe on the defense team. We're talking about Alan Dershowitz, the lawyer, right? Right. Yeah. That's correct. And Dershowitz, Dershowitz was alleged to be involved. Well, um, what's the girl's name? Jufrey accused him of he had statutory sex with her, according to her, not him, but according to her. And he was involved in the Epstein case. And is apparently, I think he's on the defense team of Weinstein now. Or associated with that. Interesting. Wow. And, so, you know, you can take him and go back and what, who did he hit the defense of? Uh, the guy who killed his wife. What was his name? Vaughn. Oh, I can't remember. O. What J. was Simpson. the name of? No, no he was on <laughs> Simpson too. He did OJ. Was, yeah, yeah. Was it Peterson? No, there was another one. There was another. It wasn't case Peterson, there. right? Peterson. What's Scott that? Peterson. Oh, uh, there was another guy, yeah. and there was a movie made about it. And the guy poisoned his wife with a, a syringe. House von Bulow. But you, but, but, but you're saying be careful about uh, Sunovich's intentions, right? I got I got to go back and reach it. I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah no Cern, worries, uh, no. He's he's yeah yeah he the he, he's I a bit of a strange cat, isn't he, Sunovich? Yes. He, he's uh, why? The, well, I haven't been able to really sort of uh, he he sort of morphs and moves and uh, you can't pin it, him down. Yeah, I mean, you, you can pin a lot of things down, but I, I agree. As soon as you said, you know, intentions, I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, I researched that last year, and I was like, oh, he's doing a favor for the public, but he's actually, um, I've got to go back and reread that. There's, there's some, it's, there's a sketchy aspect to yeah. what he's up to with that writ. Yeah, and uh, I've seen him in two or three interviews where just a couple of things, they're just sort of, they, they sat with me. They didn't make sense. Um, there's things that he's definitely missing out, which is fair enough, you know, if the, but it's the intent that's behind that, you know, in, you know, uh, intentions are, 
intent is a very very powerful right. thing man yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. so c- can we finish william with seth yes. rich oh go yeah. on yeah Se- can, can you tell us what you know about the seth rich case well obviously murdered not robbed uh the uh, there's a lot of deception about the story of him his family doesn't want to disclose something there's never been an autopsy that's been made public um, there's been statements from the hospital that he took shots to the torso. So the notion that he was shot in the back may be false, mm-hmm. that the actual bullet where he was shot is different. And some of the stories about him talking to his girlfriend may not be true either. So. And, and, and just for our, for our listeners to make it a standalone podcast, what, 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 was, what was the problem with Seth Rich? Why did he have to be uh, eliminated? Because he knew some stuff about the DNC, right? Right. He was in the DNC. I think what they've done is they minimized his involvement at the DNC. But he was actually the head of a certain department at the DNC. And he was a Bernie supporter. And, I mean, basically, they, I mean, I don't think they came out and said, but uh, Julian Assange pretty much insinuated that he was the main leaker. Yeah, yeah. Assange said Hushan something, and, did, didn't he? Really yeah. weird. Like, what did this, he say? there are certain consequences for certain giving me consequences. We try to protect our sources in reference to Seth Rich. Oh. Like they're talking about Seth Rich. He just doesn't say Seth. So Rich. it's very thinly veiled. But 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 why would they kill him, William? Because what what was he leaking? That basically the DNC railroaded Bernie out of the out of the running. They railroaded all him the Podesta stuff, the pedophilia. Yeah. I've got a map, a, ma- a minor attracted person with a handkerchief, you know, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. the stuff there is super sketchy. Podesta says, I'm down in the dungeon. Don't bother me. What in dungeon? In the kill room. In the kill room. Yeah, kill yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. All this kind of crazy I've got stuff. A map, I've got a map that's pizza related. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, all that stuff. And I mean, so, and it all ties in with Alephantis' Instagram. It just overlaps. And so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the corruption is off the chart. So, anyway, they, the campaign to get Hillary into the presidency was just that, a military campaign. Yeah. It involved a whole bunch of different people, and anybody who said anything about her illness were intimidated, people were getting murdered. Seth Rich was one of many. There's a lot of dead bodies Sorry. around on the, on the drive to get her into power. Oh, and, man, it's dirty. So, any others? Yeah. Like, so, any other? On, spill a bit. Yeah. <laughs> any other what? Names, body, uh, the body oh, count. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a guy who suspiciously died. He His name was... Uh, well, I know his real name. What was his pen name? Was uh, Victor Thorne, who had written books about them. He suspiciously died. Huh. There was a guy from the UN who supposedly dropped a barbell on his throat, and he died. He was an African American guy who knew too much. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I got to go back and look at these lists, but yeah, there was a lot of suspicious stuff that happened on on the way to. Or, I mean, and she flopped. And what September 11th, 2016, she got taken off in that weird black yeah. granny slash, you know, van. I mean, they literally yeah, picked man. her up like a. She was. She still is sick. I mean, they they took pictures of her yesterday yeah. in 80 degree weather, and she's wearing this big thick jacket, and she may have a full body brace to keep her upright. I mean, they don't even yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, what, if, if they, you they took that her. picture of something behind her back, she's got like a shelf coming out of her back. Is she wearing a body brace? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, they kept that all secret. So she, yeah, anyway, um, so, the guy's name. So what, what, what do you make of living in a world where all this is, is true in your mind or likely, you know, in general, what a freaking crazy world we're in. Crazy. It's devolving. 
Devolving. Devolving. It's not devolving better. It's devolving. And, I mean, it's odd that the president is under investigation, but they don't really, they're kind of on a fishing expedition without yeah. that much. And she's walking around free. In a body with brace. obvious criminal <laughs> stuff. I mean, they've got so much information. She was, she had special access information on her hard top. You know how to get that? You have to go into like a secret room. How do you get that out? Like anybody else, you got this one guy taking pictures of a sub accidentally goes to jail and she's walking around free. Come on. This is not, you cannot call it um, equal equality under the law. Right. And, and, and also the foundation is a massive fraud. dude. And also you got the, the Russians, you know, hacked our, our servers. Well, it's fake. Where's, That's where's, just the, a fake story. where's the forensic analysis of the server? You know what I mean? What, right. Well, why didn't the DNC give that over? You oh, know, so they're, it's, they're two-faced. It's, it's obvious two-faced. fucking bizarre. It's, it's not bizarre. It's just but, super corruption. But it's predictable as well, isn't poor, it? Poor managers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to find this thing for um, Cernovich. If I find it, I'll send it to you. But I actually, I actually did interview them. I did in, uh, investigate. So, so William, look, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I mean, this has been a dream come fruit, come come true uh, to have you on tonight. Uh, you've literally spent hundreds of hours in my ears on, in, on the Opperman report. Yeah, I'll say you're in the you're in the Mount Rushmore of guests. You know, it's a, oh, we're only about eleven deep so far, but you're definitely on <laughs> yeah. the Mount Rushmore. And that's a brilliant way. Of yeah, it. yeah. So. <laughs> Firstly, what, what I want to tell people, uh, William, is where they can find the, the Smiley Face Killer documentary. It's on Vimeo right now. Uh, it's a lot easier to watch it online. I can send oh. you a disc if in, your, in the U.S., but it's at Vimeo, and you can type nice. in my name, William Ramsey, or Smiley Face. So yeah. you can stream it. You have a choice for a week. It's five bucks. You can watch it for a week, or you can buy it for, I think, 12 or 10. So reasonable. I Googled you, and you're, you're kind of one of a few famous William Ramseys. I think there was a theologian, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a few Wikipedia, you know, like when you go to Wikipedia and there's like a disambiguation, there was like several. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so where can people get hold of you, uh, William, if they want to contact you or they want to well, see your books? You can watch, yeah, you can watch all my YouTube channel. I'm William Ramsey Investigates. All my books are on Amazon. I'm on nice. Twitter, Facebook. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of around. What's your Twitter people handle? seem to be able to find me. Twitter is Occult911. All right. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> that's super juicy uh oh william thank you so much uh so yeah this has been this strange life i'm uh what am i at crypto mickey yeah i'm at crypto mickey on twitter uh come and follow me come and find me where are you willie where can people find you at willie delius on twitter and uh kick it over to james and uh i'm jimmy (laughs) hiding behind a tree this week Uh, and as always guys please rate subscribe and review us on itunes because it means so much to jimmy like he personally he takes it very personally i get up every morning don't i yeah what's the first thing you guys see how how many rates and reviews have you had yeah you ask us that question every morning i know yeah Yeah. Uh, but but it does mean it does mean a lot and it lifts us up in in the positions in in itunes and it makes us more uh, visible and i thought you were going to say it lifts us up you know as Spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it does that too. Uh, William, thank you so much, brother. Yep, Uh, thank you. Cheers, bye bye. Thank you, William. See you guys. Hi, this is Mickey. Thanks for tuning in today. Great show as usual. <laughs> I just wanted to give a round of today's sponsors. Firstly, KKC Koala Cash Coin. New Masternode coin. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And it's cheap. 
and the dev are super hard working um, and they're specifically working on a, a market segment for mobile and cell phones to test on this platform uh, but it could be used for any commodity or service uh, and they hope to launch this platform in the next few months in the Asia Pacific region uh, as investors they are partnering with are, are in that area. Um, we spent a lot of time looking at the development team. We really like them, uh, and they've been previously involved in, a, in this community takeover, which which they've which they've handled really well. So KKC, you can buy Masternode now um, for 0.08 BTC, about six seven hundred dollars in pre-sale. Uh, go and find them at kkc.space. Uh, and there's also a Discord and uh, Telegram and uh, Bitcoin Talk thread that you can go to. The second sponsor is BWS, Bitcoin W Spectrum, a community-run, eco-friendly, proof-of-stake project that rose from the ashes. Uh, again, it's another community takeover. And why do we love community takeovers? Because it's better to rescue an old crypto project than have a load of dead ones lying around. So... Uh, yeah, again, awesome and experienced development team. Uh, they've already, uh, what they're going to do is uh, they're, they're going to have be a, a, a gateway. They're going to have merchants, basically, uh, on their, on their uh, platform. And they've already got a couple uh, and got masternodes coming. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're already on loads of exchanges. Crypto Bridge, Stocks Exchange, South Exchange, OctaX, Byte BTC and more. Uh, go to uh, bitcoinwspectrum.com or follow them on Twitter at bitcoinwspectrum. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Uh, go check them out. We we really do vet all the projects that we that we um, sponsor that, that we ask to sponsor us. We we do vet them all, and they're all great projects. Uh, they've all been through my red flag, green flag, uh, patented system of scoring, and it's great. So go check them out. BWS, Bitcoin W Spectrum, and KKC Koala Cash Coin. Peace out. I'm Mickey.